This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. I'd like to give a shout out to those that are worshiping in the Outreach Center this morning and for those who are also watching this message online. As we begin talking about the Holy Spirit, I thought it would be appropriate for me to talk about my grandson. How many of you are grandparents in the room? Any grandparents in the room? We grandparents know that wisdom and looks bypasses a generation, does it not? Some of you get that. We also know that the love that happens between grandparents and grandchildren is probably about the closest kind of love that happens between God and us. And so let me tell you about Oren and me. So uh, our grandson is two years and three months old today. And when Oren comes to our home, not always, but usually he opens the door and he cries out, Papa, Papa. And he comes looking for me in the study. And when he finds me, he lights up. And when he finds me then, Oren comes and he sits on my lap and we read the books together. We read H is for the home run and for the love of the Cardinals. <laughs> and as we read through these books together, he knows and learns who Ozzy is. He knows who Brock is and Gibby and Stan the man. He knows all the players. He knows all the plays. We interact together. And then as we go through the books together, then he takes me by the hand and he says, T-ball, T-ball. We have to not just read the books. We have to play the game. And so we go downstairs together. And as we're going downstairs, I yell, woohoo! And he says, woohoo! And as we go down into the pool room, converted into a baseball game, watch what happens next. So that's what Orn and I do as a ritual, but more than a ritual, whenever he comes over to my house to play. And as I think about that, I think about what is our relationship with God to be like? And I've got to ask the question, what if in the morning or sometime during the day, we would look for God's presence as Oren comes looking for me? What if we had a name for God? Do you have a special name for God? Um, Oren calls me Papa. What's your affectionate term for God? Jesus said that through the Holy Spirit, we can call God Abba, Daddy. Jesus in that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he says, our Father, our Abba, our Daddy. Do you have a name for God? What's your affectionate, intimate name for God? you go looking for the presence of God in your life? Do you have a place to go? And then as Orn and I sit and read the book together, what if we sat and read the scripture together? You know, 
the Bible without the Holy Spirit is a cold text. It's just a book about stories, about historical people. But those people come alive and those stories come alive and we even are able to step into those stories when we sit and we read the scripture together with the Holy Spirit. What if we opened up the Bible not to learn doctrine as much or intellectually be stimulated, but to sit as a child on its mama or its daddy's lap with the Holy Spirit? You know, Orrin can read these books on his own, but I will have nothing of it because it's the interaction it's the pointing out different plays. It's the words, it's the verbiage that helps the stories come alive. What if we saw that the Holy Spirit really is present with us and present in the word and helps that truth to come alive into our own personal life as we read the Bible? And what if after reading the Bible, after spending time in prayer, in conversation with the Holy Spirit, we took the Holy Spirit by the hand as Orrin takes me by the hand and get into the game. What if we invited the Holy Spirit to empower us, to play with us, to walk with us, to experience the day with us? Friends, I think that is a very good way in which the Holy Spirit comes alive to us. So, who is the Holy Spirit? As we begin this series and this journey of faith together on who is the Holy Spirit, I want us to look at a graphic together. And this graphic is from the 16th century. It's passed down through the centuries. There's nothing magical about it, but it's kind of like a window in which we can look into and understand something about the Holy Spirit. I think so many times we make the Holy Spirit to be some kind of un, uh, unimaginable mystery that we can't comprehend. But the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. And they're distinct. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father. And yet all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're using the traditional language here, is God. They are completely in cahoots with each other. There was never a time when the Holy Spirit did not exist. There was never a time when Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, didn't exist. Never a time when God the Father did not exist. They were all three active in the creation. They're all three active in the redemption story. They are the first perfect community. And the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, is so much full of love and goodness that they had to expand that circle. They had to create the heavens and the earth and the worlds. And they created us. And they showered their goodness and their image and their likeness on all of us. And we were made perfect in the image and the likeness of God. Now, we know the story. Adam and Eve blew it. But what did Jesus Christ come to do? Jesus Christ then, Jesus of Nazareth, comes to this earth. And he's the perfect reflection of who God is. No one had ever seen God, but when you look at Jesus, you know what God is like. And we read in, this, in the gospel that in Jesus, 
there was life. And that life was the light of all people. It's the light, the true light that shines on everyone in the world. And so we know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth as a reflection and image of God, but also as a reflection and image of what we as human beings were first created to be like. He comes as the original Adam and Eve were. He comes to show us what it means to be fully human. Made in the likeness and image of God. In Jesus we see what God is like, but we also see what we are called to be like. And you see, it's only through the Holy Spirit that we come to know Jesus in a personal way. Only through the Holy Spirit we call Jesus Lord. And it is through the work and the presence of the Holy Spirit that this all begins to make sense to us. And the Holy Spirit was working in Jesus' life, Jesus of Nazareth. The Holy Spirit came and descended upon Jesus as he was baptized in the Jordan River. And then Jesus, when he is departing this world, in his final discourse with the disciples, recorded in the 13th through the 17th chapters of John, Jesus speaks often about the Holy Spirit. And he has the audacity to say these words to his closest companions. It is for your good that I am going away. Really? Really, Jesus? It's for our good that you're going away? What do you mean by that? For unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Advocate. Advocate in your Bible may be translated helper. In your translation, it might be translated comforter or counselor or friend. It all works. Advocate is, in the original language, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us, the one who is with us, the one who is in us. So Jesus is saying, just as I have walked with you for three years, it's better that I go away because the advocate, the Holy Spirit, is going to come and he's going to be with you. Now let's look specifically at some of the scriptures from John 14 and John 16, as Jesus tells us more about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit will do. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. There's that word again, helper, advocate, friend, counselor, to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And so Jesus, in his description of the Holy Spirit, is talking about the Holy Spirit, if you will, as a gentle dove. 
The Holy Spirit comes as a gentle dove, cooing and wooing us. There you go. It is through the Spirit's gentleness, through the whispers, that we come to know him as a, as a consoler, as a comforter, as a healer over life's hurts and wounds. We come to know him as a, as a deep friend, as an advocate, one that's going to stand, stand up for us and stand up for truth. And this friend, this gentle spirit walks among us and is in front of us and behind us and beside us and with us and in us always. And the spirit gently will teach us everything that Jesus has told us about. He never leaves us alone. We've been abandoned sometimes in this world. Perhaps we've had a spouse that left us. We had a loved one that suddenly died. We feel as orphans in this world. We lose our parents. And the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit steps in and is closer to us than any human being ever was or could be. That's the presence of the Spirit in our life. Now let's read on in the Gospel of John, the 16th chapter, as we learn more about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus continues by saying, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, your helper, the helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And here the Holy Spirit not only operates as a gentle dove, the Holy Spirit sometimes in our life can be like a hawking goose. The Spirit can come to us. Have you ever been attacked by a goose? I have. The Holy Spirit can be as obnoxious as a honking goose. The Holy Spirit can get in our face. And Jesus is telling us that when the Spirit comes, 
he will judge. I'm not the judge. You're not the judge. But the Holy Spirit is a judge. And he will judge the world guilty, sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will guide us in all truth. And he'll make known to us what Jesus wants us to know. You know, we are so often dependent upon people's opinions and what other people think. And spiritually, we can be too dependent upon human teachers. But Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will be that truth in your life. The Holy Spirit will get in your face. The Holy Spirit will be like a honking goose. The Holy Spirit will call us to do and to make changes in our life. You know, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our life, he calls us to get over ourselves. We are too much about ourselves. Self-love is so real. And he calls us to break out of that self-love. Now, sure, we are to love ourselves as we love others. That's the teachings of Jesus. But the self-love is, is what is so confining and so restrictive and so deadening to our life. Our selfishness, our self-centeredness, our jealousy, our envy, our being so easily offended, our not being able to get over what other people do in making our life so much about ourselves. The Holy Spirit will be like a honking goose in your face about that without apology. The Holy Spirit is not about you or me making a big name for ourselves. It's not about us glorifying ourselves or building our kingdoms. The Holy Spirit is about glorifying the name of Jesus Christ and brings us to humility, to bow, to bend the knee, to say, in the name of Jesus, I trust you, I believe in you, God. And I'm going to stop living for myself. And I'm going to live for you. So the Holy Spirit brings conviction. You know, I can't convict you of anything. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't know what you're guilty of. You can't convict me of anything. You don't know about my darkest stuff. But the Holy Spirit, like a surgeon's knife, will stab and sharpen and be a sweet, delicious wound that will cut out those things in our life that are false and bogus, that are not our true selves. And sometimes it burns and sometimes it hurts. But that's part of what the Holy Spirit is called to do. You know, we read in the scripture that in the preaching of, of the early church, there were two things that they would never, ever not include. They would always talk about the resurrection, that this Jesus whom you disown, this Jesus whom you crucified, God raised him from the dead. And we, we're told that people would listen to the preaching and the Holy Spirit would cut them to the heart. Have you ever been cut to the heart? 
I remember as an eight-year-old boy sitting in a church pew in a little country church hearing a, a word from God, the, the preaching of the word. I remember crying out as a little boy over the, the reality that Jesus Christ had died for me. And I saw myself in the light of his goodness and his righteousness. And the Holy Spirit cut me to the heart. And sometimes we say to little children or we say to youth or young people, oh, you'll get over it. Well, this happened to me over 50 years ago. And I've never gotten over it. When the Holy Spirit cuts you to the heart, you know. And you know and you recognize, as the hearers did in the early church, that just as they rejected Jesus, the ultimate sin is our rejection of Jesus Christ and living life the way we want to live it. That's the ultimate sin. That's the root of all sin. That we disown Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life. And it's when the Holy Spirit convicts us of that, cutting us to the heart, we can say as the listeners in the early church movement cried out, what shall we do? And the answer was always the same. Repent. Repent. Hit the pause button. Stop and reconsider your life. Turn to God and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe for the forgiveness of sins. And that's the, the beautiful work of the Holy Spirit. That he brings us to faith in Jesus Christ. And he alone calls us to Jesus. No, none of us can come to Jesus without being drawn by the Holy Spirit. And yet Jesus said that if I am lifted up, I will draw all people to me. Have you been cut to the heart? Have, have you responded to the good news that the world is wrong about Jesus and the world is wrong about many, many things and that the truth and the life and the joy and the health and the happiness in this life is rooted in my faith in Jesus Christ, is that as the conviction of your heart? Is that what you're called to do and to believe and to become today? For the work of the Holy Spirit is to open up ourselves to God and for us to become more and more and more and more like Jesus Christ through the work of the Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is co-eternal with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is God, as is Jesus and the Father. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in our life. The Holy Spirit will afflict us when we are too comfortable and will comfort us when we're afflicted. The Holy Spirit will guide us to all truth. The Holy Spirit is our inner teacher and our guide. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. And the Holy Spirit will be like a defense attorney 
defending the truth and the Holy Spirit will be like a prosecuting attorney going after those which oppose the truth. The Holy Spirit is unrelenting in its glorification of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is with you today. And if you believe or baptized, the Holy Spirit will be in you as your advocate and your friend, as your helper, as your comforter, as your consoler. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? How is the Holy Spirit guiding your life? Are you a person that is seeking greater intimacy with God? How do we create that greater intimacy with God? Friends, I do believe it is by doing what Orrin and I do together. It is by uh, sitting together. It is by calling out God's name, seeking out his presence very intentionally every day that we live. If you don't have an intimate name for God, come up with one. Ask God what he wants you to call him. And then read the book together, inviting the Holy Spirit to highlight for you these stories or what he wants to say into your life today. And as we share in this book, the Holy Spirit is with you. Even though I wrote this three months ago, I've not gone through the devotions yet because I want to go through them with you as a church. And so beginning tomorrow, day one, we're going through week one. We want the Holy Spirit to speak the same word into the life of this church, into the Schweitzer family at once. Will you do that? They will be sent to you on Pray, Study, Grow online as well. And also, friends, once we spend time with the Spirit every day in the Word, will we take Him by the hand and we say, let's go. Let's play. Let's get in the game. Let's let the Holy Spirit empower us and playfully go through the day with us that we might live the life that God calls us to live. I want to invite you to stand now, and as the band is coming, we're going to join together in praise of the Holy Spirit, these words of a 12th century saint. Let's join together in unison in these words together. Hurry then to have a share in the Holy Spirit. He is present when you call on him. And if you call on him, it is because he is present in you. He is the rushing river that brings joy to the city of God. He will show you what God the Father keeps hidden from the learned and the wise of this world. God is spirit, and those who adore him must adore in spirit and truth. So too, it is fitting that those who long to understand him and to know him must seek in the Holy Spirit alone the insight of faith and the meaning of truth, pure and simple. In darkness and ignorance in this life, to the poor in spirit, 
He is light that enlightens. He is love that enraptures. He is gentleness most moving. He is access to God. He is love of the one who loves. He is dedication. He is devotion.